What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Happy Friday, May 20th, and welcome to the Just Baseball Show. A little bit different. We're talking fantasy baseball, and we're also doing a prospect report. That's Colby Olson. That's Arm Layton. And Colby and I host Not Gambling Advice, which is a fantasy baseball slash gambling podcast where we're talking fantasy three days a week. And Arm has his pros- prospect podcast called The Call Up, where he's talking prospects two to three days a week. So Aram, I'm going to throw it over to you, and I want to start with the prospect report, because we could dive into a bunch of stuff, but we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Prospect report, then we're doing a bunch of sell-high candidates for fantasy baseball. Should you drop them? Maybe you shouldn't drop them, but sell-high, that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, Aram, throwing it over to you, the prospect report. I like the sound of it. Yeah, honestly, I, I think this would be a fun thing to do, uh, you know, a little bit more often with like the prospect report, what's going on in the minors. Uh, well, right before we started recording, dude, uh, you know, I know it's surprising for all of us to hear that the Cardinals were calling up two of their top three prospects. And it's Nolan Gorman, who people have been clamoring about for a while, given, you know, how much power he's been hitting for at the AAA level and Matthew Libertor gets the call up as well, which I actually am very excited about the latter for them because I think you know, he can at least give them some quality starts. So those two guys have been doing really well overall at, at, at the upper levels in the minor leagues. I'm more concerned about Gorman's ability to translate to the big league level. I think Libertor is going to be able to get out to at least at a decent clip. Uh, but that's really exciting and, and definitely helps a Cardinals team that's in the thick of it right now. Um, a few other guys that might be on the brink of getting called up, Gabriel Moreno. Uh, he started a little bit slow, but then he's right back to being Gabriel Moreno. He's already hitting 323 in AAA, went four for five last game. Uh, he's going to be up with the Toronto Blue Jays probably pretty soon. I don't know what they're going to do with that catching situation out there, but Moreno's bat is just too good. And I think he's a better defender than uh, bowling ball Alejandro Kirk. So <laughs> Kirk's I, been kind of a dud. I, yeah, I, I'm looking at Gabriel Moreno. Like I, That's the guy I really want to see coming up. And then Adley Rutschman's all the way back. He's 100%. He's healthy. He homered in his last game. He looks really good. He needs to be up tomorrow, and hopefully he will be up tomorrow. Like By the time this goes out, he could get called up. It's like hour to hour with Adley Rutschman right now. Colby, I've been holding Adley on my fantasy team now for a couple of weeks, and honestly, it kind of sucks. I thought he'd be up way sooner, and I'd be able to use him and be that genius with Adley Rutschman in my lineup. It's taken a little bit longer, but I still feel like I'm going to be that genius when he finally debuts. Who are some of the rookies now that you're looking to in terms of a fantasy lens because arm talked about nolan gorman and matthew liberator two guys who haven't really you know taken their first steps yet in the big leagues but other guys have who are some rookies right now that you're looking to pick up well i think you should definitely hold on to adley rutschman because he like arm says right on the doorstep the guy that has been pissing me off this year and i have him (laughs) in a couple leagues and i keep waiting and waiting and waiting for him to be called up is o'neill cruz who is currently hitting 185 and 144 triple a plate appearances this is a guy that was supposed to you know possibly make the opening day roster arm is he even going to make it to the bigs this year <laughs> no. I, I would i would imagine they have to call him up right uh, to me he looks like a guy that's just like checked out you know like oh i didn't get i didn't get called up or i didn't start the season didn't break camp and i should have uh and you know now i'm in triple a and i don't really care but you know he's gonna have to hit to get up there and uh until he starts doing that it's gonna be rough but it's funny because he shows little snippets i mean he hit one 114 today Shows little snippets of like, oh, there's the O'Neill Cruz. And then he has a 0 for 5 with 3Ks. So it's been frustrating to say the least because this guy is, you know, was one of the rookie of the year favorites. And, and what he did in spring training was absurd. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we're talking about roster spots and whether it's worth it. I would venture to say it might be, you know, worth cutting ties, just depending on how deep of a bench and, you know, how many minor league spots you get or if you get any. 
I don't know if O'Neill Cruz is the guy I want to be carrying right now. I'd rather be Peter carrying Adley Rutschman. I'd rather, you know, myself in our league, I'm carrying Grayson Rodriguez. He might be a little bit further away. I'd rather hold him right now, I think, than O'Neill Cruz because, you know, I think he's really delaying his, his uh, promotion. And Aram, a couple of guys who you mentioned earlier, would you pick them up? Nolan Gorman, Matthew Liberator, because Matthew Liberator should get run in this rotation. I think Jordan Hicks is an electric arm. I do. But as a starter, I don't know. I don't know. And besides that, Steven Matz is working with a six ERA. That's just the reality of the situation. They need arms. Liberator will probably get some run. And with Edmundo Sosa, he was day-to-day. I know he crunched his ankle into a base sliding into second, unfortunate for Edmundo Sosa. I don't know if he's going to hit the IL, but you know, he's definitely day to day. And then Brendan Donovan is a nice story and he's currently raking, but is he the future? Seems like Nolan Gorman will be the second baseman and Edmund could be the shortstop or a different variation of that. Yeah. It seems like that's what they're going to do. Look, I think you have to, if he's sitting there, you got to pick him up because he's hitting a home run every other day right now in triple a, but I, I, I don't, you know, if you have to drop someone you like, don't do it. I, I, I will wear that one on, on me. I don't think he's ready. Um, you know, I understand people wanting to see him called up. The home runs are nice, but there's a lot of swing and miss. He can't hit lefties that well, and he can't hit below that well. I think all of those things are going to get exploited at the big league level. Libertor looks different, though. And I think he was ready for the call-up. His strikeout rate's the highest it's ever been. His fastball command's the best it's ever been. He's using the slider more instead of the loopy curveball. And for the first time in his career, other than a rookie ball stint with the Rays, he is averaging more than 10 strikeouts per nine. So Libby's a guy I would be, you know, I, w- I would be picking him up or, or trying to get him right now because, I mean, you can't just find starters like that. And like you said, I think he's going to get run. You're not calling this guy up to go in your bullpen. You're calling this guy up to start games. And I think he can get you a decent amount of strikeouts and he can keep that ERA in the low fours, high threes if he's really locked in. And you know, that's valuable. Uh, it's really hard to find consistent starters. And I think he could be one. Yeah, even four starters are valuable in fantasy. Like Nick Pavetta types, Mm -hmm. I know he just threw a a complete game, but Nick Pavetta types are super, super valuable in fantasy baseball. Just innings eaters. Innings eaters. And hopefully Matthew Libertor can be an innings eater. The only problem is, rookie, how much run? Are they going to let him go into the sixth, seventh inning? Most likely not, right, Arm? Probably going to manage his workload a little bit, but what is super encouraging, and I'm glad you asked this question because this was one of the things I was going to say about him is, they built him up big time last year, 124 and two thirds innings. So, wow. you know, they're definitely still going to have him on some sort of limit, like every rookie, but I think they're going to be a little bit more confident stretching him out. And I think that's why they called him up so early. So I, he's gone. I, I think he's a good pickup. He's gone seven twice this year and just went and then went five and two thirds and then six innings. So this is a guy that really could go six innings every single start out there. One more question on the rookies, because the prospect report is kind of firing me up right now. It feels very <laughs> official. I'm really liking it. This is going to be a thing now because I love the prospect. <laughs> Royce Lewis mm-hmm. with Carlos Correa going up. I'm, what should fantasy owners do right now with Royce Lewis? Because it's so hard because when he plays, he's great, but it's just, will he play? You know, it's really weird. I don't know. I think it was a little bit of a roster crunch and he has options. So, you know, they just for the time being, they're like, okay, let's option him and figure it out. Um, but, you know, like Jose Miranda is not hitting. I know they play different positions, but I would rather see Royce Lewis at third. I'll put Royce Lewis anywhere. He's a gamer. He's an athlete. Put him in figure the it out. Put him anywhere. And, and his bat is valuable enough. I love everything we saw from him. I think he'll be back up soon. I don't think that's the message you want to send. And once they figure out the roster situation, I think they'll bring him back up. I would hold on to Royce Lewis, at, at least for the next couple of weeks, see how things are going. Cause he gives you so much. He can steal bases. He's hitting for average. He sneaks in power. He, he's great in, in every aspect. I think they're going to find a way to keep him in the lineup, especially for a team that's trying to win right now. And uh, the fan base already loves Royce Lewis. That's their prize. Number one pick. It's been a roller coaster for him. It's a great story. He's a great dude. Everyone loves him media wise. He's going to be back up there soon. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't. He just should be if the Twins want to want to win, right? Yeah. I mean, right. just from from not a fantasy perspective, he makes your team better. I see Colby shaking your head. Yes, like it just it's clear. It's wild to me that they're gonna give Gio Urshela at bats every single day over Royce Lewis. Do I have to say it again? Do I have to say it again on this podcast? Gio Urshela <laughs> is not very good. Do I have to say it again? Do I? Do I have to keep? He has saying zero it? war right now, so I don't. I don't think that's a crazy take. Yeah. So um, definitely go check out the call up. That's arms prospects pod if you want to hear more about all the mlb prospects in the college ranks high school 
everything in between. Arms got you on the prospects podcast called the call up, which you can find that linked in our episode description. Colby and I do not gambling advice, which is a fantasy baseball and gambling podcast where we're giving you guys waiver wire updates, fantasy pitchers to stream and everything in between as well. So now we're going to break into, we have each have three players who were not, it's either a sell high or a straight up drop. These three or like sell low almost. Sell low. Yeah, or just drop. cut your losses. This, <laughs> yeah. just, the general vibe of this podcast is we are afraid of these guys. We are scared that these guys will either not continue what they've already been doing or they're off to a rough start and we don't think they're going to bounce back. So we'll do we'll do clockwise because Jack always likes to do counterclockwise. And it, it screws me up. So I'm going to go to Aram first, then Colby. So Aram, I'll start with you with your first player that you're and, and give us kind of the is, is it a sell high? Is it a sell low or is it get this guy off my fantasy team immediately? Uh, you guys tell me what what this guy would be at this point because of how streaky he's been. I think he could still technically be a sell high. Jesus Sanchez. Um I know he's been slumping egregiously and now his OPS is down to 657, but I think a lot of people would still look at him and be like, oh, he was dynamite in the beginning of the season. He just homered the other day. Uh, this is still a guy that I think a lot of people would be interested in. Uh, but regardless, my position on this is whatever he's worth, I'd probably just cash it in. Um, I'm just not sold on this guy being an everyday a productive outfield bat. And, and I know a lot of people love the batted ball data. I know a lot of people that are very heavy into analytics were very high on, on Jesus Sanchez. I would always see that across the board uh, with many of the, the forward thinking outlets loving him. And I, and, I, and I like him from that component. I mean, he hits the ball as hard as anybody, but my big thing with Jesus Sanchez is his swing has so many moving parts. He is so long to the ball and it's getting exposed a little bit now. And, and on top of that, his approach isn't great. Um, he can't hit lefties at all. I think he's two for 20 against lefties. If that he's um, a disaster against lefties, it's, it's, crazy. Disa- it's not even competitive. Disaster. It's disaster. not even competitive. And guess what? They have Brian De La Cruz, who I think is a sneaky pickup in deep leagues, uh, who is crushing lefties in his entire minor league career has crushed lefties at the big league level so far, small sample size, 78 plate appearances, but hitting well over 300, uh, 900 plus OPS and uh, has just been hitting everybody so far. I'm not saying he's going to take his job, but I think he's going to cut into the ABs. And I I just don't see that much value from Jesus Sanchez. He's not going to steal bags for you. You're betting almost completely on the power. And at the end of the day, he only has four home runs this year. So I'm not that hyped on Jesus Sanchez. And I think the Marlins are, you know, they're trying to win now as crazy as that sounds. They, they aren't interested in just giving young guys ABs. If he continues to struggle, he will see less and less play time. Colby, give me your Jesus Sanchez experience because you've had a, a doozy. Yeah. Well, this is a guy that coming to the season. I, one of my hot takes was that he would have 30 plus home runs this year. And like Arm was saying, the approach is just completely different. He's putting more balls on the ground than ever striking out at a near 30% clip, which we knew it was going to happen, but he's just, the power just has not shown through as we thought it would from a fantasy perspective. And like, in terms of selling him, I think you might be able to get by on selling him to someone that just doesn't watch Marlins games. Like that's, that's most people. That's your biggest advantage right now is that people aren't watching him like you do every single day, Arm, right? Like, I haven't not watched that many Jesus Sanchez played appearances this year, admittedly, right? Yeah. But you watch them all the time, and you're telling me this guy, approach-wise, but also swing-wise, is getting beat. And 17 runs, 13 RBIs is also sellable at this, po- at this point in the season. Like, that's that's decent enough where someone will be interested, I think. I have uh, I've been taking a lot of Marlins unders this year. Whether they win or lose is not important, but I have been watching a lot of these Marlins games and I was kind of, I was more leaning towards you Colby in the terms of, I believed in this guy. I thought this guy had good power, but then I'm realizing, does he even know what he's doing in the box? No, Seriously. Not a clue. Not and a clue. it's like the approach is so off. He swings at terrible pitches, like two O sliders in the dirt. He'll swing and miss and look silly on them. I'm like, what is the plan up there? Jesus Sanchez. What is the plan arm? 
so my this is what I think with, with him is is his swing has and I said this from the beginning. I you remember me texting in the group chat before the year, like I was like I, I keep looking at all these angles and I don't know how this is going to work. And it, there's a lot of slack to his swing, meaning it, you know it takes a little bit longer from when he launches to when he makes contact. As a result, you got to make your decisions quicker, right? So you got to cheat a little bit to swing. So you're talking about these two O counts, Peter. He's saying, okay, I'm geared up for the fastball. I'm going to try to catch this thing out front. Um, and then it's a slider and he's toast. And so right now we have a guy that's cheating and it was working in the beginning because the league didn't really know, you know, that this was a guy that was insanely aggressive. And now they're like, don't let this guy beat you. He'll beat himself. And he's seeing more and more stuff outside of the zone and he hasn't really adjusted to it. I don't know if I believe in him being able to do that. He never did it in the minor leagues. And we've seen the high ground ball rates through the minor leagues. I love this, the talent, but I, I'm not willing to to use a roster spot on this guy. I, th- I think he's going to continue to struggle. Yeah, but before I move on to to my guy, it it looks like his approach is actually different this year as well. He's increased his uh, out of zone swing percentage by five percent, and he's actually cut his swing percentage on pitches in the strike zone by eight percent. What is you're doing? doing <laughs> bad things more, good things less. That the reverse jazz. Work out. It's, it's the reverse jazz right now. So it's I'm it's out. a wild wild approach. My guy, <laughs> my guy is is kind of on a different path here. And this is a guy that you might not want to drop this second, but I kind of want to ask you guys how long before you do drop him and give up on, on him this season. Marcus Simeon coming into this season was ranked a top 35 player by fantasy. We had him Peter as the number three or number four second baseman coming into this season. He's still currently 93% owned, but his approach has completely changed. He's swinging out of the zone 9% more. He's swinging at pitches in the zone 8% more. So his swing percentage is up overall, but that does not fare well for Marcus Simeon. His ground ball rate is up 8%. He had a 41% hard hit rate last year, a 38% hard hit rate in 2019. In those seasons, he had 33 home runs, 45 home runs last year. But in all of his other years, he hasn't had a hard hit rate above 32%. This This year, his hard hit rate is 26% and he's hitting just 173 with a 38 WRC plus. And so my question to you guys is, is Marcus Simeon going to rebound and be the superstar that he was last year and in 2019, or is he settling in as the around hundred WRC plus player that he was in literally every single other season of his career? Uh, Arm, I think this is the hardest player to evaluate in the entire sport right now. Yeah, because you look at his savant page and it's a big bag of ice. It's the coldest thing I've ever seen. It's blue across the board. Still runs pretty fast, but at all of his hard hit rates, all of his X, well, I don't got to go through it. It's all blue. None it's of it's good. good. And the problem is when we try to evaluate, when we watch Marcus Samuel, because we watch plenty of Rangers games, because I've tried to key in on him, see what's wrong with it, with his at bats. Swing doesn't look that different to me. Looks fine. He just doesn't hit anything. He's not hitting fastballs. He's not hitting breaking balls. He's not hitting off speed. There's not a huge change in his approach to Colby's point. It's not, he's just swinging a little bit more. I wouldn't say like he's completely changed as a player. I, this is one of the only players of the year where I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. But But um, to you, yeah. To you, what does swinging more tell you? Because to me, that tells me that he's, he's not, seeing the ball well he's just kind of swing happy which is aggressive eight eight percent jump in his chase rate uh, eight and a half percent jump in, in the chase rate and, and i mean this is a guy that you know when he earlier in his career the chase rate was in the 20s you look at like the bigger seasons that he's had the chase rate was a bit lower I, that's definitely part of it you know i think that's a little bit of a tell of a guy that either is trying to do too much you know with the new contracts new place new stadium new environment but at the same time it's like how are your How's your average exit VLO down so much? How's your max exit VLO down so yeah. much? That's where it's weird. Like you'd think he'd run into one still here and there, but the max exit VLO is still way down. Zero home runs, right? Like I don't think he's ever gone through. I would love to pull the numbers. I, sh- I should have thought of this sooner. When's the last time Marcus Semyon has gone 150 plate appearances without a home run? When has that ever happened for him? He and set with- the record for home runs as a second baseman last year. The record of all time. Yeah. And now it's the complete opposite, right? Like he has zero home runs at second base. Like Adam Frazier has, has is hit for more power so far this year. So my, my big thing with him is like, I want to be patient. You guys have talked about it on not gambling advice. He, he's a slow starter, but 
my only, and I hate speculating injuries and stuff like that. Like my only guess could be guy doesn't feel right. Like that's the only thing I can think of is the guy doesn't feel right. Something's off. And if that's the case, then you're going to be kicking yourself if he turns it around in, in, in a week or two or in a month or two even. But my thing is you look at the last two and a half seasons. I count 2020 as a half a season. He has 78 home runs, dude. 78 home runs over his last 400 games. I want to I, I want to focus on that recency and and really prioritize that. And I'm going to give him a little bit more than 35 games. It's still so early, new environment, new area. I'm going to give him more time. Colby, I want to throw this at you. I think Marcus Semien could have a season similar to what Lindor did last year. New contract, new place, gets off to a really bad start, then looks kind of like himself, but not fully yet. And then ends up turning in a below average season overall. But then we're intrigued by the latter half that he gets a little hotter. He looks a little bit more like Marcus Semien. But I agree with kind of the both of you. I don't think he's going to fully put it together this season. But I also don't think he's going to hit 160 the rest of the way. I think this is why it's so hard because we talked. The reason you brought him here is because he is killing fantasy teams right now. This is weeks and weeks of garbage. It can't go on that much longer, but I agree with Arm. I, I got to wait. I don't have Marcus Semien on a team. If I did, I can't drop him. I can't do it. You can't drop him, but it, it is that, you know, the fallacy of if I hold him forever and he's still bad the whole season, I know. what do I do? You kill your team. I think you really are hoping that he pulls out a Lindor and he just is kind of below average the rest of the year. But the weird thing is, is I was looking into it like, is he hurt? Does he have a lower body injury? His sprint speed's still 92nd percentile. So it's yeah. definitely not that. But yeah, I think you have to hold him at least through the middle of June. And at that point, if he's still putting up numbers like he is today, yeah, you got to drop him. Yeah. Which is crazy to say. I think it's a bit crazy to say too, but it's just the reality of the situation right now. So I'll break into my next player. And my next player isn't necessarily a drop because you shouldn't drop him and you look like a psycho if you did. Right now, he's slashing 294, 353 OBP, 529 slugging with an 882 OPS. So why am I saying now is the time to sell high on Owen Miller? First, I test, and I know I'm going to bring that in too. He doesn't look like that great of a hitter. He's a good hitter, but I think this is about at the top of the game that he's going to be. Um, he doesn't hit fastballs that well, and he's not going to hit 444 off breaking balls this year. He has one of the highest discrepancies between his Woba and his ex Woba basically means that the quality of contact hasn't been so strong. I just don't see 294, 353. I don't think this guy is that good. And I think now is the time to finally maybe get off Owen Miller and, and put him out there to fantasy owners say, Hey, who wants this guy? I mean, he's raking right now. You know, he's a 25 year old. Maybe he could be that next guy. Was a third round pick, picked 84th overall by the Padres, sent over to the Guardians. I, again, this is a sell high for me. I don't see this facade with Owen Miller continuing. This guy had flash in the pan written all over him from the start. Over over his last 14 games, he's hitting just 215 with two bombs. Power has escaped him, really. But a guy that was literally leading the league in WRC+, Plus that came out of nowhere. Obviously, he was somewhat of a top prospect, but... A guy that came out of nowhere to lead the league in WRC plus was definitely going to cool off at some point. So definitely the time is to sell now. It was probably the best time to sell him a week or two ago, but yeah, do it before he's a guy that should be dropped in two weeks. And the reason I wanted to bring him back too, is because the slash line right now is still great. Like you could still, if an owner isn't paying attention to what Owen Miller has been doing lately, the fact that Owen Miller, like you said, is probably a flash in the pan. Now is the time to do so. And I think the stat line almost a 900 OPS. Now's the time to do so. What do you think, Arm? So when he was dealt for Clevenger, I, you know, I, I always liked the the floor. Um, I, I always thought he had a really solid floor as a utility guy. Um, right now he's sees a lot more than that. Um sitting fourth and playing yeah, third, which is which is outrageous. So I'll third, say this: he's a big player. leaguer, and I think he's a big league utility guy. Um, the the position over versatility, the athleticism, uh, which is sneaky. And just the bat to ball skills give him a high floor. But 
I, yeah, he he's just not a guy that you know you should be counting on giving you an 880 or even 800 OPS. I think he's a low 700s OPS guy that can play all over the field, incredibly valuable as as a baseball player in yes. real life. But he doesn't steal bases. He doesn't hit a ton of home runs. I think four home runs was even a little bit high for him out of the gate. And uh, you know, if if you can sell high on him, on people thinking he's an everyday player. 100% do it because guess what? The Guardians have a trillion middle infielders that are going to come up and also corner guys in the outfield that are going to come up and they're going to take some of those ABs away very, very soon. Um, and and for that reason, unless Miller continues to hit the way he's hitting, people or players are going to eat into his ABs. Here's a, here's a fun little trade offer you can send someone. Trade Owen Miller for his own teammate, Fran Mil Reyes. Because Fran Mil Reyes over the last 13 no, over his last, whatever, 43 plate appearances, 30% K rate, which he's cut. It was at like 40%. He's always at ago. 30, though. That's fine. That's fine. And he's hitting the ball harder. He's hitting 351 over that span, 174 WRC+. plus. That's a guy that you're almost, you're buying low and selling high on Owen Miller on the, on this team. I think Franmil Reyes eventually reclaims that fourth spot in the order over Owen Miller. Thinking about Franimal, just saw him almost hit a home run of Tyler Malley. It was straightaway center, hit it about 401 feet of the 408-foot fence. So, yeah, I agree with you. He's starting to hit the ball real hard. That's the eye test right one, there. One quick that's thing the eye on – That's the eye watching. One quick thing on Franmil, too. He uh, he had he said he had a conversation with David Ortiz and Vlad Guerrero Sr. Um, and, you know, a little bit about mechanics, mostly about mental, uh, when he was really in a slump. And uh, – Felt like he got a lot out of that, uh, and and apparently that really helped him kind of just just compartmentalize things and get going. So you know, I, I think he worked through it, and and, and Franmil has has the proof in, in in the results over the last couple of years that that guy's going to run into enough baseballs to to be productive. And that's the difference with this conversation, right? We're talking about Owen Miller. We still think Owen Miller could be a valuable player for the Guardians, and he could play a lot of different positions, and he can hit in spots. But in a fantasy lens, this is when you should probably sell high on him because if we're looking at home runs, RBIs, average, stolen bases, all that, he's not going to give you that much value there. But before we break into our next round of guys that we're selling high on or selling low or straight up dropping, I want to talk to you all about prize picks because prize picks, all of us have been in the game so far. What we're doing is we're playing player props on prize picks. They do a great job. It's a full book of only props. You can play all these different props, parlay them together in terms of huge payouts. And in our episode description, we have a link where you'll get a full deposit match. So if you deposit 200 bucks, you get 200 bucks to play free. Colby and I are giving out prize picks every single day. Arm has even jumped in on the fun and we're just going through outs. We're going through pitcher outs. We're going through over strikeouts. We're going through runs, RBIs, all the different ones. Nerfies, nerfie traps. Nerfie's been the big one for us. We already hit the Cleveland. We've Reds been hitting Nerfie. those like crazy though. Yeah. The, the other cool one, Pierre, that we haven't gotten into is you can actually bet in your prize picks on a pitcher's or hitter's fantasy score for that yeah. day. We got to start doing that because I think well, you could you could do pretty well on that. I think well, you could do really well on that. And usually the sports books don't let you like parlay the Nerfie. So the fact that you can parlay the Nerfie with, with other over-unders is really cool as well. And that's why I've had fun with it because I don't have to put big money down. I put 10 bucks on a parlay and, you know, see how it goes. If I lose, I, I won't lose any sleep over it. And not only that, the Nerfies, if you might find a Nerfie on a book and a Nerfie, by the way, is a no runs for sitting bet. So you got six outs, you got to sweat it out. No runs can't happen. So Nerfie bets, they might be minus 130, minus 140, even minus 150 on a different book. But on prize picks, they're even odds. You get great odds for the parlays. They're very fun to play. We do it daily. So if you want to join us, click the link in our episode description and you get a full deposit match for prize picks. So Arm, let's get into our second slate of guys. I'll throw it over to you next. Pitcher or hitter this time? You selling high, you selling low, you just straight up hate? Ooh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, we'll go, we'll go, uh, I'm going to go with Alex Verdugo. Um, when I talk Alex Verdugo, cause sad. he's not good. I, he's like very fine. Um, I want to talk some Verdugo. So, you know, I look at that guy and look, he's, he's fun. He's, he's got personality. And then you kind of look at what Verdugo has done on the field in his career and I feel like it's a lot of glitz and glamour and not a lot of production. Like he gets a lot of credit and I know Red Sox fans might get mad at me for this, but aside from 2020, when has he ever really been that great? 
and I, I know we can point towards WRC plus and, you know, in 2019 with the Dodgers, 112 WRC plus in 2021 with the Red Sox, 107 WRC plus. That means he was 12% above average in 2019 and 7% above average in 2021. But here's the thing. He plays outfield. So actually he's slightly below average because you got to look at WRC plus by position and in the outfield, especially in the corner outfield spot, which I think for most leagues, he's, he doesn't play center really. So he, I think he's more limited to left field and right field, right? Is that what he's listed as, which hurts him even more because he doesn't have that much power. I am just not really that excited about a guy that I think is already maxed out at average production for his position. And this year is doing really poorly. So maybe you want to wait a little bit to, to wait for a bounce back to sell high. But ultimately, I'm just saying as a whole, I want nothing to do with this guy. This is the perfect time to jump in on Alex Verdugo. Oh, God. Perfect time. He has a 340 X Woba, a 241 Woba, but that's the, the simpleton analysis, right? The crazy thing is he has the eighth lowest batting average on balls in play in all of baseball. And usually you would think, okay, Babbitt can be fluky. Babbitt can also be fluky for fly ball guys, right? But he's a ground ball guy. A guy that's hitting this many ground balls should definitely have a higher average, should not be hitting 206. He's hit near 300 for his career. This isn't a 206 guy. So yeah. this is the time to, to jump in and buy, in my opinion. He's not hitting the ball as hard as he was last year, but still around league average. And yeah, the tides are going to turn here. This, this is this is has fluke written all over it to start the year. So are tides, the tides turn to what? Turn? League yeah, average? Are the tides going to turn? I, I'm also looking at the Well, from a fantasy perspective, from a fantasy perspective, this is a guy that hits near 300, has is in a pretty good Red Sox lineup. I know they've sucked. I know they've sucked this year, but we know that this Red Sox lineup has to get going at least to a, a point where they're a top 15 offense in baseball. It would be ridiculous for, right. for them not to at, at some point. Right. So you're not going to get Alex Verdugo at any lower point than you are right now. That's fair. Yeah. So I, I mean, think through that I think lens, it's the time yeah. to buy through that lens. I get it. I, I guess from my perspective, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, the, the upside here is so limited for me. And if, if, if I have Verdugo and someone's calling me and, you know, I think they're aware, I think people are, are aware that there's, you know, he's going to be better than this. Like the track record is there. I just don't think he's going to be that good. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see that much power, right. That we're never going to see more than 15 home runs from him. He's not going to steal bases. You're he's really do only hoping for batting year. average. I can get that from, from yeah. a lot of guys. I can get that from a lot of dudes. I think the name value here is a lot more than the actual value player wise. You could swap out almost identical production with a much lesser known name, almost maybe on the waiver wire, depending on your league. And that's why I think, I think you could sell a name here with Alex Verdugo. Cause I, I just don't see a player that is that productive and, and that valuable outside of the batting average. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I, I feel like the comp for Verdugo right now is like Luis Arias, which is crazy. Yeah. Which I'd rather just have Arias. I'll, I'll be honest. Traded for Mookie Betts. I mean, <sighs> Colby, who's your next guy before you start remembering that trade? So oh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. Um, my next guy is, I guess we'll just finish off with pitchers. Cause I have a pitcher and I have another hitter arm one hitter. I'll go hitter again. Nate Lowe. Texas Rangers. This guy is imagine Eric Hosmer, but imagine Eric Hosmer and he plays on a worse team and doesn't hit the ball as hard. That's, <laughs> that like, that's how disgusting I made that sound, but it's true. Nate Lowe's owned in 38% of leagues right now, um, but he's just not tearing it up. He's hitting 226, hitting everything on the ground, not giving you much power at all. And like I said, he plays on a really bad Texas Rangers team. And so he's owned in 38% of leagues and you're probably going to be asking, okay, Colby, you telling me to drop him, but who should I pick up? You got to pick up Christian Walker, who we shouted out on the last episode of not gambling advice, the waiver wire edition, Christian Walker right now, Arizona diamondbacks 411 X will, but 258 ISO. He's a power monster and he's just starting to heat up over the last week has a few bombs. He's definitely been featured on the just baseball Twitter over the last week. Even if the average isn't going to be great with Christian Walker, he's going to give you at least what Nate Lowe is giving you right now, except he's going to give you a huge power boost, and he's only owned in 18% of leagues. I'd rather have Garrett Cooper even. Um, you know, I, I, Garrett Cooper is a guy that 
really has, has swung it well over the last couple of years is starting to heat up a little bit now. I'd rather have Garrett Cooper than well. I think he's a little bit more consistent. Um, even would you rather go Hunter Dozier? Like Hunter Dozier is swinging it a little bit. I, I, I'm not that high on Nate Lowe. And I mean, it, with a pair of home runs at the first base position, uh, you can get you can get more home runs from a lot of different players. The only problem I had with everything you said is you just name dropped Hunter Dozier. No way. You'd rather have Nate Lowe. Come on. <laughs> like, I don't, I, you gotta, right? I mean, maybe I'm off on that too. 273, no 318, yeah. 438 slash line, 121 WRC plus for, for Hunter Dozier. And I mean, that kills Nate Lowe is the fact that he goes by Nathaniel. I yeah. Mean, yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. I mean, no offense to anyone named Nathaniel, but if, if like you're a baseball player, you can't be Nathaniel Lowe. You gotta be Nate Lowe. It's way cooler, way slicker. I mean, so we did the prospect report, but we didn't mention MJ Melendez. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I think that's a guy, I know he plays catcher, but if you can slot him into the utility position over like a Nate Lowe, he's only, MJ's only owned 5% of leagues right now. And he's just starting to heat up. He has two home runs and two games right now. That's a guy that I would be all over, over a Nate Lowe. Oh, I love him. Yeah. I would be all over MJ. He's going to walk too more than any of the guys we just named. Do you think there's a chance that he gets sent down at all? You don't MJ? think so, right? Yeah. At this point. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, especially because he can catch a little bit. He can, you know, play DH. I think he can play in the field if they really needed to. There's no reason to send him down. And and honestly, Bobby Witt's heating up. I know he has a really good relationship with Bobby Witt, and the two of them are playing well together. I, I mean, that they, they need to ride that wave. And, I mean, the Royals are playing better because they have younger reinvigorated guys in there. I'd be floored if they sent him down. Um, so I, I think now's a good time to actually go get MJ. Makes sense. And maybe you can uh, go pick up MJ and, and drop this guy. Cause my next guy, I don't know if it's a drop. I don't know if it's a sell low, but it's every single time I turn on a giants game and I'm watching Brandon Crawford, I am floored because he looks the complete opposite of what he looked last year. He's hitting the ball like crazy last year. The power was there. And now this year, Again, another dude, Savant Page, looking like the ocean in how blue it is. Slashing 222, 315 on base percentage, 349 slugging. But the thing about Brandon Crawford that I'm most concerned with is that he hits the ball like shit. I don't know how else to explain it. It's not hard contact. He's popping everything up. It seems like every single time I turn on a Giants game, he's either striking out or he's popping it up to the middle infielders. And at 35 years old, that we could have just seen kind of a once in a career type season for Brandon Crawford. And instead of that continuing, instead of him figuring something out, maybe he's just now on the downswing of his career. I'm really curious to see what you guys think, because maybe I'm, I'm too in the weeds on the giants because I believe in them too much. And when I watched Brandon Crawford, I had so much belief going into this season. And now I'm just completely backed off of it. Have I backed off too much? What are your guys' read right now? Colby, I'll throw that to you first. What's your read know. right now from a fantasy uh, to perspective? Me, to me, this is a guy that we're talking about all really like April statistics, some of May where the, it started to get a little hot, but it seems like Brandon Crawford could use the juice ball a little bit more. It seems like last year he was uh, maybe not a juice ball merchant, but had one of the highest hard hit rates of his career. He's not bare. I mean, he's still barreling baseballs to where he was last year, 11% last year, 8.2% this year. The approach really hasn't changed. It's a tough one because, yeah, he's not giving you much in the average department, but he also still has pretty good run in RBI production in the Giants lineup. He's not hitting fourth in that lineup anymore. He's been bumped down to the five and six spot. Um, But it seems like as the weather gets warmer, this guy could could heat up. What do you think, Arm? I think, Arm. So Crawford, like his big change last year was, you know, he, he actually made a little bit of an adjustment, tried to gear more towards lift and, and just really going a little bit more to his, to his pull side. And he saw big success with that. And, and so far this year, I mean, he's putting the ball on the ground as much as he has in his entire career. I, I trust Crawford to be able to make that adjustment. I, I 35 years old coming off of, you know, what was probably the most productive year of his career I'm not saying he's going to get back to 298, 373, 522, but I do think that he has a little bit more in him. He, he's still walking a little bit. He's not striking out egregiously. I think there's still, I think there's still some bounce back in him. And, and, and I think, you know, Brandon Belt's not swinging it well. Uh, Longoria just got back in the lineup. The team has been a little bit out of sorts. 
I'm going to give a little bit more time to Brandon Crawford, but it's definitely been surprising after such a big year to see him get off to such a slow start. And the reason I brought him up is I have him in one of my other leagues and I've been trying to trade him and <laughs> no one will take him. No one takes and him. No one wants no him. One wants, no one wants him. So I'm sitting here with him. I have shortstop depth. Why do I still need him? I mean, I like him, but he's just killing my fantasy team. That's the I, problem. Is who do you have a catcher? Shortstop such a good offensive position. Okay. Because, like, again, I think it's one of those situations where, depending on your team, he's a guy that you can still roster. I still have him rostered in one of my teams. Um, but I think you're right, Pete. If, this, if a certain guy is out there that you feel has high upside on your waiver wire, yeah, I think you can feel comfortable dropping him. Like, this is a 10-team league. I think I'm going to drop him. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, maybe not 12, 14, of course, but 10-team league? A lot of people play in a 10-team league. Mm-hmm. I don't want him on my team right now. Yeah. I mean, and the thing the is, walk is the rates position. way down too. the position is what kills him. The position, you know, like there's so many good second base or short stops, excuse me, That's the uh, thing. offensively that, you know, it just seems like you're, you're giving up too much. You're waiting on a guy to get going at, at the shortstop position because there's so many dudes that can swing at a shortstop. That's what I'm thinking. So before we get into our third slate of guys that we can't figure it out, sell high, sell low. We don't like right now, regardless, let's talk about our friends at loop. Cause I know that they've been pulling some insane cards. I'm continually on this freaking app. Even if I don't buy, I just like watching the box breaks. Even Colby's got his package right next to him too. We've just been all over this app because they have some incredible breaks and you can find the link in our episode description to get a free $20 to use loop. But before we get into all that arm, you got to let me know what the, uh, what the breaks are happening. So actually some new product is out, which is super exciting. Uh, tops released top Sterling, which is a very, very exciting, uh, product 2022 top Sterling released two days ago on Wednesday. And what's cool is, you know, if you're not as much of a prospector, and again, this is why I love loop is every seller has, you know, all the different kinds of product. Top Sterling has autographs from legends to current players. So you could pull an autograph from Mike Trout, like I'm looking at the checklist right now, but you could also pull Greg Maddox, Aaron Judge, Adrian Beltre, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, uh, CC Sabathia, Christian Yelich, Ichiro. These are all dudes that have autographs in this product. So I can promise you by the time That's we sick. do this, by the time we do this episode next week and we talk about loop, some people are going to be pulling some heat out of out of this. Jordan Alvarez, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, like there's all different kinds of insane, insane uh, cards in here and throwback type of autographs that you just don't find. So Top Sterling is super cool. And then 2022 Tops Gypsy Queen comes out today, which is another really cool pro- uh, pro- product, excuse me, um, that I know a lot of people really enjoy the way the cards look there. Sterling is, is a little bit more high quality. Uh, Gypsy Queen, you know, if you have your $20 credit, you could buy a bunch of packs and, and rip and try and get some some cool stuff there, some Wanda rookies or whatever else. So sellers will have a lot of new stuff between the Bowman baseball, the top Sterling and the tops Gypsy Queen. So if you have your $20, you'll kind of have your pick of the litter to uh, decide what you want to go after. I think that's the coolest thing that you mentioned, the $20 just add on for free when you sign up for loop i use the 20 dollars and i got a bunch of cool stuff here a christian roa green out of 399 that's i don't even know who that is but it's a pretty valuable card george valera top prospect here Uh, pete i got one for you here oswaldo or oswald cabrera here for you you got all of those with your 20 break. all of them with those are all chrome so you you actually don't I think the George Valera goes for, rookie. That's a good one too. That, that's more than twenty dollars in cards. But even if it was eight dollars in cards, it's it's eight free dollars. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> and you get the cards sent to you. That's why I love Loop too. Is that as soon as I'm done, I'm like, oh, I wonder when I'm going to get these cards, and then they come two days later, just yep. to your door, yep. all easy, yep. all nice and packaged, and they come with even these little gift cards. I have one. Well, so the big thing for me, on top of it, <laughs> the, the big thing for me was like. You know, a lot of times, you know, we're doing, we're recording during the day, we're writing, we're working. And then by the time I want to go to the card shop or whatever, it's closed. So the thing with loop is you have people on there basically 24 seven that are, that are ripping and and breaking. So if you really want to go, you know, buy some product, you can just go on, on the loop app at one in the morning. And there's going to be some, some person on there uh, ripping. And the second you join in, they're going to say, Oh, what's up, Aram? You know, and you're talking to them and, you know, you can literally ask them. 
what, what should I, what should I buy? You know, what, what do you think? And it's like, you're going into the card shop. They're going to go back and forth with you, talk to you. Uh, and while you go into the chat, you can type into the chat and ask them any questions. Cause I know a lot of people are very intimidated by like, Oh, I'm, I want to get into cards, but I don't know, you know what I'm doing. All of the sellers are super nice. Loop vets them all out. And, uh, you know, they will be happy to answer your questions too. I always say, I'll answer your questions. I've got a lot of DMs about it. You know, people asking what they should do with the cards. But if you have questions, the sellers will answer them too. And that's the really cool interactive component of it as well. And Arm, when we were, uh, when we first created Just Baseball, we were, we were very happy that our, the way we sleep and, and you're in the wee hours of the night and I'm in the wee hours of the morning. Like I can open up a loop pack at 5.30 in the morning when I'm writing my daily gambling article. And then Aram late at night, two, at in, the two in the morning, watching prospects is also opening. So it's 24 seven. It's yes. And why I was saying at the beginning is that we're talking baseball from 5.30 in the morning when I wake up and we start writing the gambling article to when Aram's done at what, two 2.30 in the morning, looking at prospects. We're, I I mean, at least 21 hours of the day, someone at just baseball is in the weeds. And loop is always available. <laughs> and loop is always available. So go check it out in our episode description. <clears throat> You'll find the link in there. You get a free $20 just for clicking. Even if you don't even care about cards, even if you don't, you get free 20 bucks. Yeah, like, yeah. take a shot. And, it, and I was even talking on TikTok Live about it. It was like, oh, it's too much work. And I'm like, Are you, what does this world come to? You go to the bottom, you press the button, and you just get $20 for downloading yeah, it out. But it's like, it. oh, I can't. I'm like, what do you mean? Click. Use this. And just go like this for all the people on YouTube. And, These and, this. And you get 20 bucks. Let us know what you pull. Let us know what you pull because I, I love seeing what people pull. Uh, we have like a, a in our chalkboard, we have the, the cards, you know, uh, conversation there, but also shoot me a DM of what you pull. I, someone sent me a Curtis Mead they pulled, which is one of my favorite prospects. Like send us what you pull. I'm always amped up to see whatever you get. Uh, Cause I know some people have been getting really lucky with some big time cards. Absolutely. Colby, anything else about loop before we move on? Um, yeah. I was just going to say that arm got me into card collecting a year <laughs> ago. I like when I was nine, 10 years old, I was super into card collecting, but he kind of got me back into it a year ago. And like, at first I was buying like five, $10 cards, just kind of getting my footing. And I think loops the perfect place to really get your footing. Cause you don't have to spend again, too much money. You can spend 10, 20, $30 and like learn, like you said, these breakers are super educational. And like now a year later from when I started collecting again, I have a stack of cards in my closet, like yeah. all autos. I, I'm completely hooked right now, but I, I think the beauty of card collecting is now like with the stock market so down the dumps, I actually view the card market as like basically my investing. Like I'll wow. just invest wow. in cards that I believe in. And I, I've actually done really, really well. So yeah. I recommend it for anyone. Absolutely. Let's talk more fantasy players. Aram, back to you with the, uh, clockwise situation that we're going in right now. So you've had a couple of guys just go over your two that and give the kind of the designation. Is it a sell high? Is it a sell low? Is it a drop? And then move into your third. Okay. So yeah, I would say Jesus Sanchez is, is more of a, a sell high Verdugo. I'm listening. Um, and if someone's valuing him at a guy that as a guy that like Colby, if Colby's calling me, let's say I have Verdugo and Colby's calling me and thinks he's going to bounce back. I'll happily trade him right now. <laughs> um, so th you know, that's, that's my, my take on it there. Uh, my third guy is a pitcher. I think we're all going the pitching route here. I was hoping that this would be the year that Zach Plesak bounces back. Wow. I was going to bring him up too. not, he was like going to be my fourth guy that I wanted to throw in at the end. I'm so glad you mentioned him. Continue. He stinks. Yeah, um, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, it's funny because, you know, he was throwing really well. Clevenger was throwing really well. They had that whole debacle in 2020. People positioned it like, oh, they they picked they only sent out Clevenger. No, it's because teams wanted Clevenger. The, the data was always better on Clevenger's pitches. Police act, though, had some flashes of looking really good. Police act was good when he hit his spots. Police act was good when, you know, he was able to mix it up and his command has to be on point. His command has not been on point. He's walking batters as much as he ever has. And on top of that, he doesn't strike anybody out. He's got one of the worst K to BB percentages you're going to find in Major League Baseball. He's striking out 13.8% of batters. He's walking 7.2% of batters. Gross. It just hasn't been good. But the crazy part is he still has a 4.42 ERA, which, you know, in fantasy baseball, if you can get it, to, if he comes off a, low, a good outing and gets it into the low fours, 
like try to sell high, try to get rid of him. If he hits a wall, drop him because he is not going to get much better. I don't really see. He might have the occasional decent outing where, you know, everything's hit at dudes. Uh, and that's when I would sell because the expected batting average against right now is 306. Everything mm. he's giving up is pretty hard contact. He can't get himself out of jams with strikeouts. His stuff just isn't that good. He has to be surgical. And I'm not going to bet on a guy whose walk rate continues to increase on being surgical and hitting his spots. I'm very out on, on Zach Plesak. And I think it's again, similar to the Owen Miller point. I don't think it's going to be long until the guardians are out on Zach Plesak because they've got a litany of arms too. This is one of the best farm systems in baseball. They've got a lot of really good pitchers knocking on the door and guys that I think will leapfrog Zach Plesak very soon. He's probably going to get traded at the deadline. I think so. Maybe before, maybe before. Speaking of, uh, Guardians pitchers who can't strike anybody out and give up loud contact. Cal Contrill. Quantrill. No. Yes. No. Sell no. high. Sell so high. He went seven innings pitch day, five Ks, but he gave up a home run, a solo shot. And frankly, Peter, he's just not that good. 4.59 <laughs> XDRA, 4.0 FIP. He's striking out just five batters per nine innings. I mean, like he's walking a career high 10% of batters. Peter, what do you like about this guy? How about this? How about this? How about the fact that he gets out? It's better than everybody else. Cal Quantrill is a different type of pitcher. He is. He allows a lot of contact, but it's always right at people. He's surgical. <laughs> he is. You got to turn on the TV. Colby. What's surgical about, about, uh, are you giving me a, that rate. boy, nice, like analysis right now? What he is has this? good command. He no, he doesn't. Ba- yes, he does. And he oh, keeps the barrel. Off 11% the percent walk I rate. just watched his start. I was, I watch every single Cal Quantrill start. I'm telling you. So when I watch him. He's a good pitcher. I'm not saying he's elite. What? I, I know I just said he gets batters out better than anybody. I'm not saying he's elite. And yes, you could throw the numbers at me arm. I'm not going to say that you can't, you're going to throw that. These numbers aren't great. And these numbers are great. I agree with you. And you know what? If you want to believe them, then drop him. I'm I'm all over him. He has been one of my most profitable pitchers. Vegas always undervalues him too. The lines on him are always bad. And he always comes back and delivers start after start. This guy who's won a top prospect out of Stanford, pitched well there, and has just always pitched well in every big league outing so far. I mean, not every big league outing, of course, but he's pitched well throughout his career. I have no reason to give up on him other than his XERA isn't very good. I will say this. If Eduardo Rodriguez is the unluckiest pitcher in baseball. Cal Quantrill might be the luckiest pitcher in baseball. How long I mean, can you be lucky? In 2020, he had a 2.25 ERA, but a 4.07 X ERA. Last right. year, a 2.89 ERA, 3.89 X ERA. So, like, you're right. The X ERA but is that's going to catch up to you eventually, Peter. You cannot when? control that. When now. is it going to connect? Right now. I mean, right now, he's got an ERA below four. Right now, he, I think, what, ERA at 3.5? So what is after it today? To it him? might be decent, but I think now okay. is the time to sell. I, I would sell. sell you know what? You sell. I'm keeping, and we'll see. So, we'll see what happens. What does he excel at? Just my last question. What does he excel at? I think I wouldn't say he's excelling at anything. I would say he's well, above average. I, I like his pitches. I think his fastball missed barrels. I think his off speed misses barrels too. I think he's a good pitcher. But, but like, in what way? Like, what is he good at? I think he has good command. He has an 11% walk rate. I think he has good command within the zone. We'll see. Like <laughs> I said, the numbers, I'm not going to be able to come with you with a number argument. I put it on Twitter today. I was like, the numbers are going to tell you that Cal Quantrill isn't a good pitcher. In my opinion, he is. And we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll look at the end of the year and the XERA is going to be higher than the ERA, but the ERA is going to be lower than a guy like Erod. And you're going to be like, well, next year he's going to be bad, and it's like, okay, we'll uh, wait next year, next year, next year. I'll, I'll get a uh, Cal Quantrill tattoo if he has an ERA below three five. Like, if it like legitimately he did last year. I'm saying over the duration of this season, I'll get. I'll, I'll literally get. What number is he? Uh, I don't know wait, what number. So he is. let's no, let's lock that in. So if okay. he has an ERA below three point five zero this year, I'll get. It's going to be small. I don't want to get. I don't want to get in trouble. Like my mom said, I can get a tattoo when she dies, and I hope that's fifty years from now. So I'll, I'll get it like subtly somewhere. But I promise, if he has below a three five ERA, I'll get his number tatted somewhere. Bang! All right, three five. I wrote it down. Good. I love this. Arm's getting a tattoo. This guy's going to continue to prove you wrong. He's going to prove you wrong, Colby. 
gonna, he's gonna prove you all I wrong. I can't wait at the end of the season when Arm doesn't get a tattoo but with an expected PRA <laughs> of twelve, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna be like suicidal. Like that's gonna that's gonna be the worst thing ever. It's the problem here because I cannot give you a statistical argument why he's why he's good. That's the problem. The advanced stats do not like that. Is a problem. That is that's the problem. problem. Maybe he's a magician. I'm asking you guys to trust me on this one that he is good. Trust. We're me. not trusting any of this. Yeah, Fine. Don't trust me. <laughs> I don't trust you. Fine. Continue. Right. Can we talk about good pitchers now? Can I talk about a good pitcher? I think you can. If you want to. <laughs> you already did. Okay. But I'm going to talk about a good pitcher and I'm going to give you his stats. And then I'm going to tell you that you might want to drop him, which is absolutely crazy. And you guys should tell me I'm crazy because I might be overthinking this one. Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. Comes in to today with a 2.17 ERA in 29 innings. He's striking out 27% of batters, walking just 7% of batters. His fastball, Woba against 252 is 17th best in baseball among starters, four seamers, that is. Fastball slider combo has been filthy. The curveball does get beat up because I think it's just a little bit slow and he can't locate it that well. But from what I've seen from his changeup as well, he's only throwing at 5%. But from what I've seen, that pitch looks very much plus. And I think it's going to be like a Logan Gilbert situation where he gets more comfortable with that changeup. He's going to throw it more and it can compensate for the curveball. Everything looks really, really good with Mackenzie Gore right now. The problem is that Clevenger and Snell have now returned and they've booted him from the rotation. He just got a hold the other night when three innings after Clevenger got a hold, which is intriguing. And I'm, He's 52% owned right now, but he's not in the rotation. And you have to think, like, you guys have to think one of these Padres starters gets hurt again, right? That's the thing, right? That's the thing. Ryan Weathers looks horrible in the minors. Um, <laughs> you know, like a, a lot of the guys in that, like, more hones out for the, like, there's no one chasing his tail either, right? So if someone else gets hurt, it's not going to be like, oh, but Gore's excelling out of the, as a swingman. No, so we're going to keep him there. It, you know, it's, it's really just if someone goes down, you know, Gore goes in there. I really think they should be going with a six man rotation. And I've said that for a while, obviously they're not. And um, I, I'm curious yeah. if, if he continues to do well in these like, you know, swing man, middle relief, hold three inning type of situations that they'll be encouraged to, to go with a six man and protect Snell and, and protect a lot of these other guys that, you know, I think could use the extra day off. Even Darvish could use the extra day off. I, I see where you're coming from, but I also am willing to to bet that the Padres are going to figure out a way to get Gore his starts, right? Like, I I feel like they have to. He's been yeah. too good. Or at least get him his spots where he can go three to four innings, kind of like a Michael King even. Like, Michael King's owned in a lot of leagues and is doing well because he provides good splits in the times when he does pitch. But he's not going to go five or six innings in the role he's in. What do you think, Peter? That's the thing. It's just what kind of run am I going to get? I, I, this is a guy who I agree with you, although he looks great and you could probably sell this to another fantasy owner, sell high on him right now be like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be back in the Padres rotation because he probably will be. And he's probably going to give you good value when he starts over the full season, but how many starts is he going to get? So in my opinion, I agree with you. I would try and sell high on him right now, even though like we're talking from a fantasy perspective, from a baseball perspective, we love what we're seeing from yeah. McKenzie Gore. We want him to have more oh, yeah. starts. We love he looks it. like the top prospect he was advertised as. He looks back. But, but from a fantasy perspective, if he's not going to get those starts and those innings and the amount of strikeouts, then what's the point of having this, you know, high profile name on your roster when maybe you could give him away? And, and you know, how we talked about it on the open. Matthew Libertor was built up with 124 innings last year. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was dealing with a lot of issues last year. And as a result, didn't pitch for large periods of time. And, and as a result, he's not very built up. And I, I wonder if the move to the bullpen is also a move to, to kind of keep his innings in control so that when we get to the back half of the season, you know, he's able to go back and start and they can stretch him out and not have to worry about skipping starts down the stretch. Yeah. So that's my only concern is, you know, if someone still is really valuing him, you know, as, as a, legit starter definitely do it because you've got to get to the postseason in fantasy right and i think they're going to yeah. really manage his innings so if you can go get an everyday starter or go fill a position of need and you feel good about your pitching i would do it uh but you know i think this is more a move to keep his innings in check so that when we get to the end of the season the padres are trying to make the playoffs and they're trying to be competitive they don't have to shut him down before the playoffs start a la steven strasburg that one year Arm fantasy aside for a second 
what have you like what do you, what are your thoughts right now Mackenzie Gore for the long term kind of outlook cuz coming into this year it was kind of a question mark would he come back to the number 3 overall prospect we once saw right yeah i mean dude he's been phenomenal i i, I love and what what's crazy is he hasn't even been his best yet like I, I feel like he has really just seen how much he can dominate with the fastball in terms of run value the fastball is one of the best pitches in the minor league or in the big leagues right now and the fact that he can go to his fastball 65 percent of the time and get guys big league hitters out with it is so encouraging because this is a guy that has a litany of secondaries that are all really good and has shown flashes of comfort with it i, I think the slider has been phenomenal there's no doubt about that and as you mentioned the changeups looked really good I think we're going to start to see it more and more as he gains some more confidence with it. I think he's only going to get better personally. Like I think the secondaries are only going to get more. He's only going to get more comfortable with it. The fact that he's getting big league outs, throwing his fastball 65% of the time is really encouraging. So I I like him long-term, but I agree. He's a little bit of a, of a tough case right now in fantasy. And if you could sell high and it's not a dynasty league, I would consider it. Yeah, if it's a dynasty league, do not touch. Yeah, do not, do not hold on to him. Go buy, go buy, buy. go buy if he's a dynasty league. But if it's like a ten-team league, and you know you grab Mackenzie Gore because he was elite in the first couple, first couple of starts, but now he's kind of tailing off a bit. Not tailing off a bit, excuse me, just tailing off in terms of the innings that he's going to be able to pitch. Now might be the time to sell high on him. So this is a guy who I also think you should sell high on. Maybe nobody will think of it as high. But Chad Cool of the Colorado Rockies is a guy who, you know, you would do what you want with him after I let you know how I'm feeling about him. Because right now he's got a 3.86 ERAs, 3 and 2, 37 innings, 30 strikeouts, 1.18 whip. But here's my issue with him he's a slider guy, throws a slider about 41% of the time, but he also throws the sinker about 35%. Also has a changeup, a curveball, and a four seam fastball. The slider has been amazing this year. It's holding opponents to a 0.69 batting average. The Colorado Rockies clearly liked him because of the slider matching up well in cores. Here's my issue. Sinker gets absolutely pillaged. And in Coors Field, the three pitches most affected by the altitude are the sinker, the curveball, and the changeup. So that's three of his five pitches and the four seam fastball guys like Herman Marquez, who are four seam and slider, those guys work. But Chad Cool's four seam is one of the worst four seams in the entire league. Opponents right now are hitting 667 off the pitch. He's only thrown it 25 times because he gets dominated every single appearance. So guys know that they can hit the sinker because it doesn't move that much. And guys are already hitting um, 346 against the sinker. So with all this slider usage, I think opponents are just going to sit on a slider, wait for it, and that he's going to start to get blown up at Coors Field. And also, Chad Cole has never been a guy to really be all that good. So that's why I'm selling high on Chad Cool. I look at the pitch optimization. I look at what most likely is going to happen as hitters adjust to him. And so I'd sell high on him and his 386 ERA and his winning record and the fact that he has a 1.18 whip because he's not walking anybody. He's striking out a decent amount of guys. What do we think? If anybody's buying Chad Cool, they need to get mental health checkup <laughs> or something. I mean, this guy's gotten blown up for his entire career. He's never had an ERA below 4-2 way back in 2016. Has a 386 ERA right now. None of his none of his numbers jump off the page. And Rockies pitchers just do not work in fantasy because they just give up way too many runs. It's hard to strike out guys in course. His last last two, I kind of last went two outings. I mean, his last two outings give up 10 earned runs. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's been cool to see the slider, uh, no pun intended, uh, really, really looked solid. But I, I really think this guy should, should be in their bullpen. I mean, right now, I, as long as they can get a decent, you know, start from him in the meantime, they're going to try him as long as he can. But Put that guy in your bullpen if you're the Rockies. Let him throw the slider 20 times in an inning and call it a day, right? Like that that pitch plays in terms of run value. Again, I think that's the number one pitch in terms yeah. of run value in Literally. baseball. It's so, disgusting. And so, you're totally right. We were talking about Eliezer Hernandez, remember? Throw yeah. that slider. It's a good slider. Move him to the bullpen. Try to the same way. You can move him to the bullpen. He'd be great with that slider. But the problem is when you go to the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, they've seen every other pitch and none of the other pitches are good. But that slider, I'm just going to start sitting on it and it's not – it does have the best run value, but I mean, come on, we're all, we're all sitting here. Is Chad Cool Slider the best pitch in baseball? Not even close. No, probably not. And, and I think people are go, going to adjust. When you have an approach, you know, around a guy that his best pitch is his slider and he throws it half the time, I think you can start to figure that guy out a little bit. It seems like that's exactly what's happening because 
the 10 runs that he gave up in his last two, it was the same team twice. It was the Giants twice. So they saw him twice in a row and they had a really good plan. And I think that plan is going to get out more and more so. And uh, he's going to get knocked around a little bit. So, yeah, if, if you can get anything for Chad, cool, freaking do it. I'm with you, Peter. There we go. I'm just kind of disappointed nobody made like a Chad cool isn't very cool joke. I was so going to, but I mean, that's the most corny thing I've ever heard in the world. Like Chad cool is not very cool on your fantasy team right now. Whoop, doop, 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 doop. No, that's not stupid, but that'll do it for Friday's episode of the just baseball show. Check out those links in our episode description for loop. Um, you get a free $20 literally for clicking the link. If you don't want to buy cards, that's okay, but you just get free 20 bucks. And if you do like buying cards, it's going to be the best app you ever have. Yeah. Also prize picks. If you're with us on gambling, make sure click the link in our episode description that gets you a full deposit match. So anything you put in, they'll fully match it. And we're going to be doing parlays through the props all season long. And I just kind of want to end it with, you know what? It's Cal Quantrill and I against the world. And that's what yeah. we're doing. And I think it's fine. I'm, I'm there. I just wish my friends trusted me with this. They don't. And I'm okay with it. You know what? It's me and Quantrill against the world. I mean, you gave a, a, a compelling argument that, I don't care about the numbers. The numbers don't matter. I know, you know the numbers I love are bad, numbers, but I'm telling you, he's this good. guy defies them. He's a magician. Anyways, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky had a baby, and that's probably the news of the day. We don't talk about pop culture much. I had no idea that happened. I didn't know that. Happened. Happened. That's, that's, that's going to be the most good-looking kid ever. Yeah, honestly. And do we have anything else to plug before we go? Uh, no. Not at all. I'm I'm amped up for the weekend, a lot of baseball, and we'll talk to you on Monday. And if you enjoyed the fantasy baseball talk, check out Not Gambling Advice, Colby and I. And if you enjoyed the prospect report, check out the call up with Arm Layton. And with that, thank you, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.